Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Friday, October the 15th. We have made it to the Ides of October. So wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, um, I wish you God's life and goodness. And, you know, based on the gospel that we're going to read today, I just wish you God's presence and compassion. That idea uh, that you know you are seen and you are loved uh, in the eyes and in the, uh, in the presence, in the, the, just the knowledge, in the best sense of that word, of God. Now, you're going you're gonna to understand why I use that, because we're going to read that, because the last lines of this gospel, brothers and sisters, are so good, so good. Okay, uh, we finished up chapter 11 yesterday. So that was, as you remember, so far this week, I mean, for the most part, uh, Jesus has been uh, being, let's say, very honest with the Pharisees and the scribes, the scholars of the law. And uh, so we turn today toward a different theme. So Jesus is going to be speaking to the crowd. So once again, to you and I, uh, even though he was speaking to you and I, because there's some Pharisees and scribe within us. Uh, He is going to be speaking, though, to the larger crowd once again. So let's take that turn. If you want to follow along with, we're in Luke chapter 12, verses 1 to 7 today, okay? So let's break open God's Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us within it. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. Jesus began to speak, first to his disciples, Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be, of the fra- be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is one of those gospels, at least for me, Again, I have a hard time understanding exactly what Jesus is inviting us to here. Because in the middle, I'm thinking, this isn't good news at all. He's talking a lot about fear and who I'm to be afraid of. Uh, But then he reminds us at the end of who God is. And uh, and so interesting. And again, I'll flesh it out as best I can to understand and and, understand. take that for what it's worth. But let's start at the beginning. 
Okay, so the last three days, we know this, that Jesus has been giving, holding up a mirror. Let's just say that. Jesus has been holding up a mirror to the Pharisees and the scribes, the scholars of the law, and saying, this is what you're saying. This is what you're doing. This is who you are. You are that cup and dish analogy, right? Uh, You're putting up walls, all those things that you're doing. You're making, you know, uh, converts twice as fit for hell as, as you yourselves. Uh, you're, you're building walls, keeping them from God. You're, you're, you're not giving over the keys of knowledge, uh, and you yourselves don't enter in. And, uh, and you, you are putting all these laws in front of this connection. Um, and, and you do the outside things right. You're tithing, right? But, but inside, you're full of dead men's bones, right? And so what he does with that, okay, so he's no longer talking to them. We know that. He's gone his separate way. They want to now trap him, ultimately to ensnare him and and eventually kill him. So now he's talking to the people who are so crowded in. Again, his reputation is, is such that they're trampling one another underfoot. And he speaks first to his disciples, to you and I. We knew he was talking to us before. But now it says so directly. Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. This is all, again, inviting us to stay away from that idea of being one thing on the outside and something entirely different on the inside. That that he's inviting our outside and our inside to come together in an act of, of vulnerability, in an act of humility, in an act of honesty. That we're not hiding behind titles, we're not hiding behind masks, We're not hiding behind good works, um, but that we're being honest, not only with God, but honest with ourselves and honest with those close to us that we can trust uh, through prudence and making good decisions with whom to share those. You know, years ago there was a song, and uh, I was just young enough to feel like it was a very provocative song, song by a group called the Bodines uh, off of a marvelous album, Black and White, came out about 30 years ago. But the song said, Naked, I'll stand naked with you if you stand naked with me. As I said, I was just young enough to feel like, whoa, what a provocative song. I don't think that's what they're talking about at all. I think that's somebody in their 20s thinking, oh, wow, you know, doesn't that sound interesting, huh? (laughs) I think what they're ultimately saying, and and I praise God for that, uh, is they're inviting us to this place that Jesus is inviting us to. They're saying, listen, we're going to stand naked before God. There will be nothing that won't be revealed that he doesn't already know already. And can we, in our humility, in our courage, maybe that's just as good a word, look within at our own nakedness and our own neediness 
And am I willing to stand naked before other people and allow them to love me in that nakedness, in that naked now, in that naked reality of who I am? Because then I know love. Then I know God. I know God's mercy through them. A scary place to be. But do you know what it does? It invites them to do the same thing. And we get to love them. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing hidden right now behind our masks. And we wear a hundred of them. There's nothing hidden under that surface that will not be made known. So how do we begin that process right now of, of taking those down? And I think, I think that that's where that's leading us here um, in that middle scary part here. Because then he switches gears when he talks about inviting us to, to this naked reality of who we are and allowing ourselves to be loved in the middle of that and in that love, allowing that love to change us, of course. Um, but at least being changed in that love and, and, and inviting us to, to change uh, others in the same uh, mutuality. But that's where he changes. And he says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast you into Gehenna. Yeah, that's the one. And to me, those images... Now, remember, Gehenna doesn't necessarily mean hell, although it's an image used for that. It's where the, the worm dies not, the fire, you know, never goes out. It's, what it was is was the place that was the city dump outside of Jerusalem that everybody threw their refuse in. And that's why the, the fire never went out, because there was always more refuse to go in there. And uh, it was also early in Jerusalem's time, that place of sacrifice, not, not of good sacrifice, of child sacrifice. And so it's, it's an unholy place. Like I said, it's the place of refuse. And I think that, I think, again, don't take my word as gospel, but, but what I'm understanding here is, is Jesus is inviting us to that place of purgation. That if we are indeed going to stand naked before God, and if we are indeed going to stand naked uh, before ourselves, and if we are indeed going to then have the courage after doing those two things to stand naked in front of somebody else, um, that I, I think that there's naturally in knowing who we are and the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment uh, of, of seeing those things again. Forgive, I've used this, this example three times this week, but I think it really fits with where Jesus is talking about. It's Peter falling at Jesus' feet saying, listen, uh, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. I mean, we want to depart from ourselves. Isn't that why we put some of these masks on? Isn't that why we cover our shame with our own pride or arrogance, or our own insecurities or whatever it is? Because if people really knew me, if I really were to stand naked in, before people, would they really love me? Because if you really knew me, you wouldn't. Because you'd know the failures that I've had. You'd know the poor decisions I've made. You know how I've hurt people. You know the thoughts that I have. Brothers and sisters, that's precisely, precisely where the Holy Spirit needs to be. Because that's the only way to, to, to create a balm there, a salve, right? And, and that's precisely where we need to allow ourselves to love ourselves, to expose it to light and, and air, right? And not shove it down because that's eventually, that's, that all comes out. And where we need others to see us. Because 
That's when we know they love us. Everything else is their love and masks. And, and so there's that process of purgation that needs to happen, that, that purging of these areas of myself. And before I can begin to purge any of them, I have to bring them to daylight. You know, in the words of, of the 12-step program, I need to say my name is Joe and I'm an alcoholic or, or I'm ashamed of this or I've been carrying this baggage with me. We call that therapy. We call that confession. We call that reconciliation. We call that healing because it brings it to light. And, uh, and, and that purging may feel like fire, brothers and sisters, because it's being brought to air and, and, and we uh, can be we can be incredibly vulnerable and, and to some of those habits and some of those thoughts and some of that way of being, carrying that baggage and that shame, which I may have been doing all my life, those have deep roots, and to pull those out, that can feel incredibly um, harmful and it can feel like I am dying and it can feel like uh, this uh, fire is, is not going out, this this. I'm being cast into this place of refuge. But it's not me, my friends, who are being cast. It's the part of me that is refuse, that does need to be cast. And before we enter into the kingdom, nothing unholy can enter the kingdom. We know that. Only holy enters into the presence of God. Everything else has to be burned off. And, and we're called to start that process now. Not just at our death. To bring those to light so it can begin to be burned away. Last thing I'll say about this, and then we have a, a feast day today, and it's a wonderful feast day today. Uh, honestly, it's a wonderful one. Um, one of my favorites. But anyway, this, this last part is so good. It is so good. Because Jesus says, okay, you know, this idea of fear, yeah, it's, it's going to take, take courage to enter into this place of, of vulnerability and purgation. You better believe it. But here's why it's okay to do that. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. He's talking about something that is so common that we don't even pay attention to it anymore. That it's, that it's nothing to us. It doesn't attract or deserve our, our eyesight, our, our, our knowledge, and our notice. Are not five sparrows, these things that you, you, you are everywhere, are not they sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So remember all this thing he's talking about fear in the middle of this reading, saying, yeah, that's what you'd be afraid of. And then he says this. He says, do not be afraid. He's, he's reminding us who God is. He's reminding us who God is. So that's why I'm like, he's, he's talking about something different in this whole Gehenna thing because that doesn't make sense. Otherwise, he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth and that doesn't make sense. So he's, he's talking about, I, I really do believe that idea of purgation of things that are, it, it is going to be hard and, and, and it will take great courage and, and, and it will feel that, that burning sense like fire, like, like you know gold being refined in fire. But then let me tell you why that's safe. Why? Because even these, these sparrows, God knows every one of them. And, and all the hairs in your head, every one of them counted. That's how intimate God is with you. Do not be afraid of that one. You are worth more than many sparrows. Brothers and sisters, can you just let that soak over you? Can you let it just wash over you? You are worth more 
than we can possibly imagine. And I. Why? Because of God's great goodness. Because of God's great goodness. Let that love in its immensity help us become somebody new. Help us have the courage to look within and know that God isn't loving us by accident. He's not loving that mask because God knows it all. So let's have the courage to stand naked before him. Not for his sake, but for ours. So we can realize that we are loved in this place and begin emulating it and loving ourselves. You know, I I love that image. Um, And I don't know why this came to my mind. Maybe, well, we had a funeral two days ago uh, and uh, for Jim Coyler and just lift up Jim and and the family, uh, his wife, Chris, and son, Nick, and, and just all the siblings and dad, Al, such good people. But anyway, they chose a song called Isaiah 49, which, of course, comes from the 49th chapter of Isaiah, you know, interestingly enough, and Carrie Landry put to song. So this was back in the 70s, 80s. So this is like, you know, mother's milk to me. I grew up, you know, with Carrie Landry, you know, Only a Shadow and and, uh, Hail Mary, Gentlewoman and all those songs. I love the man. But Isaiah 49 says this, because it really kind of points to what is being said in this gospel. Uh, And I'll try to sing it. Please forgive. I will never forget you, my people. I have carved you on the palm of my hand. I will never forget you. I will not leave you orphaned. I will never forget you my own. Isn't that so good? We are not orphans. Our God does not leave us in that place. He knows your name and he knows mine and he will never forget us because he doesn't forget his own. Even the hairs on your head and, and are counted. You are worth more, more than many sparrows. Brothers and sisters, just allow yourself in your nakedness to be loved today. And, and know that all that stuff that's in, let's get it out. Let's get it out sooner than later. Because you know what? Nothing's going to be remain hidden. Not before God, not before ourselves, uh, when we enter that kingdom. Uh, and so, why wait? Why wait? Let's enter that place now. And yeah, we got to walk through that valley of Gehenna to get there. Yep, we do. Every one of us. But that's not the end point. It's not the end. So whose feast day do we celebrate today? We celebrate St. Teresa of Avila. Now I'm going to say Avila because I don't know if it's Avila or Avila. But I I mean, honestly, and, and I'm only going to speak a little bit on this woman, but she's incredible. She's incredible. So here's, here's the deal. She, she was born two years before the Protestant Reformation started. So she was born in 1515. Martin Luther nails his 95 thesis to the Wittenberg church door in 1517, which begins the tumultuous 16th century, right? Which was an incredibly tumultuous time. I mean, we live in a tumultuous time now. So, so 
we can understand what was going on back then, but it was no less. Let me just say that. I don't want to use hyperbole. It was no less back then. And she grew up in this time. This grew up this time of anger and confusion and separation and division. And uh, she joined the Carmelites against the, the wishes and the strong uh, wishes, if I can use that word, of her father. And this is a woman who was, uh, was her, own, her own person. And she, um, again, against the wishes of her father, became a Carmelite. Uh, she stood on her own feet in a man's world and, uh, and was beautiful uh, in every sense of the word and was intelligent and talented and affectionate and courageous. I mean, she was fully human. And I don't want to make her out to be perfect. She would, she would I think, be the first here to probably slap me up in her courageous and strength. Um, but she was so good, but yet carried all of these opposites, even in the midst of all this. What she, what she worked for most of her life was reform of the Carmelite order. And um, she met with such resistance, even to the point where she thought she was a failure. She struggled with her own mediocrity. Brothers and sisters, this is Teresa of Avila we're talking about. That if she, who carried all these great talents, struggled with her own mediocrity, then maybe you and I, it's okay to struggle with our own mediocrity. And here's the, one of the beautiful things. I mean, th- there's far more. I, I mean, she created monasteries, uh, six of them, Carmelite monasteries. She would do traveling. She, would, uh, she was particularly or mostly cloistered, even though I say she traveled, you know, to, to set up these other monasteries. Mostly was a, a contemplative and spent time in prayer. She was a mystic. She had an incredible relationship with God. One, in a sense, that, that it would be talking to a friend. Uh, and, and she, at being a mystic, had this ability uh, to hear God's voice and, and knew it and felt that closeness. But again, just struggled with, the, uh, um, with where God was inviting her and, uh, and struggled with others in her order. I mean, these are holy people, holy Carmelite women. And, and she was trying to take them to this place of reform and repentance and newness. Didn't we just talk about that yesterday, how hard that is? And these were her own sisters in community and the, and the opposition that they gave her. But her prayer life was so strong and so disciplined uh, that, she, still, that she, she, she stayed in that, she engaged in that uh, reform and in that struggle all of her life. And she was compassionate because of it. She didn't lose, in the midst of that thick skin that she had to, to gain, she didn't lose her compassion. and Because that would be a tragedy. And um, so I want to I read one excerpt from her life that just showed how she dealt with God and showed her sense of humor and her beauty. Uh, so Teresa, now this comes from her autobiography, and, and it was uh, transcribed about 100 years ago because uh, she was a Spanish uh, mystic. So Teresa describes the journey thus. We had, run, we had to run many dangers. Now, this was she was out um, uh, starting two new monasteries in two different towns. At no part of the road were the risks greater than within a few leagues of Burgos at a place called Las Pontes. 
The rivers were so high that the waters in places covered everything. Neither road nor the smallest footpath could be seen. Only water everywhere and two abysses on each side. It seemed foolhardy to advance, especially in a carriage, for if one strayed ever so little off the road, then invisible, one would have perished. The saint is silent on her share of the adventure, but her companions relate that, seeing their alarm, she turned to them and encouraged them, saying that as they were engaged in doing God's work, how could they die in a better cause? She then led the way on foot. The current was so strong that she lost her footing and was on the point of being carried away when the Lord sustained her. Oh, my Lord, St. Teresa exclaimed with the usual loving familiarity, when wilt thou cease from scattering obstacles in our path? And the divine master answered, Do not complain, daughter, for it is ever thus that I treat my friends. And Teresa answers, Ah, Lord, it is also on that account that you have so few. (laughs) One, how clever. And two, who would dare speak to God like that when you're really speaking to God? huh? That's who she was. And again, Lord, if you continue to put these obstacles in the path, you say that's how you treat your friends, it's a wonder you have so few. You know, and, and, and that's, that's who she was. This woman died 20 years after the Council of Trent, again, the tumultuous 16th century, uh, the Council of Trent being the counter-reformation on the Catholic side. Uh, and, and she was made with Catherine of Siena uh, by Pope Paul VI in 1970, the first two women to be declared the doctor, a doctor of the church. Amen. Amen. I'll leave you with this prayer that she wrote, and she wrote far more, but it's one of my favorites. I used to carry it around in my wallet when I had a bigger wallet, and it says this. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing make you afraid. All things pass, but God alone is unchanging. Patience is enough for everything. You who have God lack nothing. God alone is sufficient. Isn't that great? Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing make you afraid. All things are changing, but God alone is unchanging. Patience is enough. You who have God lack nothing. God alone is sufficient. And with that, my friends, let us pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, the fifth sorrowful mystery, Jesus dies on the cross. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, 
now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Teresa of Avila, pray for us. My friends, have the best weekend. May God's love be with you, and may we have the courage to stand naked before our God and ourselves and one another this weekend. God's peace.